Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, your uh, Commodore of Cocktails, Master Mixologist, and Weekend Wine Guy. Hey, uh, it's uh, May 21st, um, another beautiful weekend. You know, we got to make do, and I'm having uh, a good time in studio. Hey, this week we've got uh, a fun event. Um, it's a benefit for the Nicaraguan sugarcane workers. It's over at Nectar. Check it out, uh, five to close. You'll have a variety of rum, uh, beverages, uh, bartenders donating their time, all the proceeds, benefits. Um, the work relief uh, and workers' rights for Nicaragua, Nicaragua rum production, and um, they make great rum. But so we want to make sure they're still around, pro- providing that great uh, product. And then uh, to, on May 26th, there's the Taste of West Seattle, which is my stomping ground. You got to check it out. We've got Coral Wines. We're pouring our Coral Wines Rosé and our White Coral Blend uh, at. Taste of West Seattle. It's at the Hall of Fountainroy. Check out, uh, well, tasteofwestseattle.com. And uh, there's also the Rose Revival out at Ray's Boathouse. My pal, pals, David LeClaire and Melinda Wells produce, um, um, you know, one of the best rose tastings. You're going to get 30 plus wineries out there, and uh, uh, coral wines will be there as well. So, SeattleOnCork.com, check out Rose Revival. It is, uh, well, it's on Thursday. You got your choice, North End or South. And, um, you know, today is one of those days, and I told you last year was my first year I fell in love with Hendrix. It was during the, I should say, gin. Uh, it was uh, during the hot summer, which I uh, hope we get another one of those, um, because a, uh, a gin and club soda was really, really good. And I am pleased to have uh, Jim Ryan, who's the national ambassador for Hendrix Gin, one of the most unique gins uh, out there. <laughs> and I put him to work right away. I said, Jim, you're not coming on there. you got to you know, cut your teeth, make some drinks. You're a pro. And he shook something up for me. But uh, we're going to talk all Hendrix things and... National Cucumber Day? Jim Ryan, welcome to Happy Hour. Hey, thanks so much. It's great to be here. All right, we're going to start with National Cucumber Day. Who started that? Uh, Well, to be perfectly honest, um, it was started by a group of uh, cucumber farmers out in in, uh, the UK who really wanted to boost cucumber awareness and probably make a a couple pence in the way. Uh, We noticed that it was a holiday. seems like every day is a holiday for something, and uh, (laughs) Hendrix Gin really wanted to celebrate the cucumber, which is definitive in our gin. Yeah, well, that's funny. So it's the English cucumber. Right, it's so what they're growing over there. I'm surprised they didn't call it pickle day. Well, I mean, there's, as you know, there's quite a big difference between cucumbers and pickles. And not every, <laughs> not every cu- pi- cucumber makes a good pickle. Ah, uh, that's right. So we will some have no pickle before it's time or something like that. Um, so Hendrix Gin, uh, tell me the background. I think a lot of people would say it's from London. Yeah, so Hendrix is uh, a small gin that's made in Scotland, actually, in the lowlands of Scotland, about two hours south and west of Glasgow. Uh, the family that makes Hendrix gin is William Grant and Sons, so we also make Glenfiddich single malt Scotch whiskey, Balvenie single malts. Oh. Yeah, so it's all it's a family-run operation since 1886. Hendrix is about 16 years old. Uh, we launched in the U.S. 
Yeah, the U.S. is definitely our largest market in the world, and I think we're available in 78 countries around the world. Now. Wow. So it's yeah. truly a global spirit. Yes, it is. Awesome. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's funny, my, the, well, my palate um, was a little late developer for gin. Uh, I actually figured out scotch about 10 years ago, mm. and, um, you know, everyone goes through this sort of growth period, this maturation uh, but I was really turned on by gin during the summer, and uh, Hendrix Gin, how many botanicals go in to make this complex spirit? Right, so in Hendrix Gin, we have 11 botanicals, so um, chamomile, elderflower, yarrow, juniper, no gin would be complete without it, coriander, by caraway. By law, it has to have it. Absolutely. Coriander, caraway, cubeb, it's Indonesian tailed pepper, um, orris root, angelica root, lemon peel, orange peel, and then it's finished with an essence of cucumber and rose after the distillation process. Oh, rose as well, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's uh, making my mouth water, and Ditto. I'm getting thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> and you just shook something up. Um, what's your favorite cocktail with Hendrix Gin? Oh, man. You know, or what'd you make for me then? Is that well, all right, that's, we'll start with what I made for you first. Yeah. All right, so we have right here a delicious cucumber basil smash. So this is Hendrix gin, some fresh local basil, uh, some English cucumber, fresh lemon juice, just a touch of sugar, uh, shaken, strained you know, over fresh ice in a double rocks glass, and it's just really bright green, slightly floral, kind of spicy with that basil too. It really comes together nicely, and it's perfect for this wonderful weather that we're having right now. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Um, and it looks delicious, and I love it. But um, So National Cucumber Day, when is it? Uh, National Cucumber Day is June 14th, and uh, we at <laughs> Hendrix are doing the best we can to do a little bit of a push to celebrate it. Uh, we've got around 44 events around the U.S. that we're celebrating. Um, I guess I'd be remiss not to mention that we have a 130-foot large dirigible that's flying around the United States. A for flying the second cucumber? Time. A flying cucumber, yes it is, with two massive eyes peering down on you and everyone making sure that you're garnishing your Hendrix and Tonic with a cucumber. Oh, how fun. <laughs> and uh, will we be able to expect that up here in the Northwest? Uh, Northwest, no, it's a little tricky uh, with, with volatile weather up Those here. Mountains. It's really, really tricky. <laughs> I, I spent 16 weeks with the airship last year with that flying cucumber and uh, it um it it's a little testy. So yeah, I can yeah. see those balloons go wild in all sorts of directions. Certainly and I can. can imagine the dirigible as well. Mm. Um, Hendrix is when you talk about Hendrix, do people drink gin straight? Uh, some people. Some people. Some, I would say most people do not. That yeah. gin is by and large a spirit that lends itself to mixing. Yeah. Um. You know. Bless my dear grandmother who loved mm. her beef eater rocks. Nice. Yeah. Classy. I oh, like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, she had a lot of good traits about it. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Hendrix Gin, uh, you get, you poured me a little glass. Is mm. this the spirit here? Yes, we have, we have the spirit right here. This is 44% um, ABV, uh, which is the strength that we get in the U.S., Spain, and global travel retail. Throughout the rest of the world, it's 41.4. Wow, that comes off as sweet. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it really it kind of comes together as sweet. I think it's honestly the the, the cucumber and the rose that, yeah. are, that are at the essences that are added afterwards. Yeah, it's very floral floral sweetness yeah. on, the, on the attack. Um, 80, 88 proof, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, finishes deliciously. Um, I dig it. Uh, very expressive. Um, this is a very well balanced gin, and I think for me, like it, my I had my challenges with. 
peat moss and and scotch couldn't understand it juniper was not one of my favorite uh character of herbs and Mm. additives but this is really balanced and delicious um what does a bottle of gin run typically for Hendrix? Uh, well, it depends very state to state. Know, we, but get, we have 30% taxes on our... I noticed when I purchased a few bottles yesterday at the Whole Foods down the street. and oh, You I got think, double ding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, 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 but I was getting all these fresh ingredients. I was like, well, I might as well go for yeah. it. I think it was it was thirty seven ninety nine at Whole Foods, Yeah, which is pretty That's, average for a seven fifty. Yeah. Um interesting bottle, one of the only of its kind, except for the craft movement, which is starting to identify with uh each unique Yeah. Uh, there's no I've I've worked here on Hendrix for about eight years now and I've seen a lot of changes in in the gin industry and there's honestly no better time to work in, in this category than now. It's There's so much excitement that's going on. A lot of it's coming out of the United States. I'd say a majority of it is with the craft movement that mm-hmm. we're embracing here. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's the more the merrier. When I started, there were just about two other people that were working on gin brands, and we were just happy that we'd have anyone that would come to an event or right. any tasting that we did. And now there's so many people in the category is just exploding. So it's truly exciting. We're blessed. And, and uh, that that is exciting because gin has sort of languished in this, uh, what I'll say, the, the old martini set. Um, the, my grandparents were drinking a lot of gin because that was one of the beverages was probably uh, more affordable at the time. No one had to wait. Um, is this? There's a couple ways to get flavoring in a product. Uh, there's percolation. There's maceration. There's um, uh, additives where you just add the flavor. What do you do? Well, it's interesting. We actually have two different types of 1,000 liter gin stills. So one dates back to the mid 1800s, and the other comes from the mid 1900s. Uh, the traditional gin still, big, super thick copper pot. Um, uses a maceration technique. The other one is a Carterhead gin still, and that actually uses a vapor infusion, which sort of may be what you're referring to like when it comes to percolation, yeah. so it's a racking technique. Uh-huh. Um, so we actually combine those two very drastically and wildly expressive spirits together. And then we add essences after the distillation process because, to be perfectly honest, cucumber, it's around... It's over 98% water, and yeah. roses are far too delicate. So if you try to distill them in a traditional right. manner, the flavors just come out as cabbage, respectfully, <laughs> and uh, random chlorophyll, plant matter. Oh, so, sure. Yeah, so in order to capture those really delicate essences, we actually take the cucumber, and it's, it goes through a cold, a cold distillation process. So it's chill distilled. And then the rose is uh, just, just an extract. So it's, it comes out... Um, we take the the uh, Damascus rose, mix it, go through. It goes through an alcohol wash. Um, we just get really nice, really bright, true rosy notes there. It's not distilled, and then they're added after the uh, the, pro- the the two distillates are combined. This is really delicious. I've had this. Uh, um, you know, I'm not a gin drinker. I wasn't, um, and I tried it uh, probably about five six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember the cucumber expression was very more prominent. But this seems to be more floral to me at this today. Mm, yeah, I I find this. I, it's something generally pops out ev- differently pops out every time I I revisit this gin, <laughs> um, whether it's the spicy notes like right now I've got some nice like coriander moments On popping the finish, through. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, sometimes the rosy notes come through. Obviously, since we're talking about cocktails and gin, 
the cocktail can lend itself to you know what sort of right. f- botanical bill you've got in the particular bottle. But yeah, uh, yeah uh, the cucumber is sometimes a li- little bit more subtle than I of- often think it should be. Um, give me some websites uh, and uh, other things that our listeners might want to check out. Yeah, so you can win an opportunity for a National Cucumber Day celebration that we're having in New York City if you go ahead and hashtag... Um, most unusual and cucumber day contest and then you can also reach out to hendrix gin via hendrixgin.com or uh cucumberday.com so cucumber day yeah <laughs> we like to have a little fun we're dead serious about making our gin but uh we like to have a little fun in the way that we uh talk about it i like that uh so hendrixgin.com and uh pound uh your hashtags would be um uh let's see most unusual. unusual and Cucumber Day. All right. National Cucumber Day. So, yeah. Uh, hashtag for all of our Twitter folks out mm-hmm. there. Um, that's great. And uh, now I'm ready to try this beautifully looking cocktail called a Cucumber Smash. Cucumber Basil Smash. So, Smash is a traditional drink that generally would have mint in it. Um, this is a riff on that. Mmm. Wow, that's a great starter. Yeah. Mm, well balanced. And uh, obviously, you've made this before because you get uh, the great... It's, I mean, balance. You've got sweetness. You've got uh, acidity. Um, you've got the beautiful flavor of basil. Little, um, It almost tastes limey, but I don't think it's lime. No, it's fresh lemon. Yeah. I juiced it about 15 minutes ago. I guess it's because it's green. I'm <laughs> yeah. That's why the mind plays tricks on you. Yeah. Um, I love it. This is perfect. Uh, this is my new favorite drink. And Hendrix only has one expression, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, our master distiller, Leslie Gracie, she's always milling about. She's super creative. Um I've tried some wacky stuff over in Gervin. I was there a couple of years ago. I tried about 200 different things that she's been tink- she was tinkering tinkering around on. But yeah, for now we just focus on Hendrix gin. There could be something in the pipeline, you know, in the yeah. next year or so, but Hendrix know. black. <laughs> <laughs> Double oat, <laughs> things like that. Ah, so fun. Hey Jim Ryan, welcome to Seattle. A great chance to meet you and talk and of course Revisit Hendrix Gin. Thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. True pleasure. Thanks. Uh, Good stuff, folks. Um, Hendrix Gin is really one of those beautifully complex yet delicately flavored and balanced spirits. Uh, If you're not into uh, juniper or, and I'm not a big rosemary fan, um, check out Hendrix because uh, this is the year. And celebrate National Cucumber Day. Rock out with your cucumber out, <laughs> June 14th, <laughs> HendrixGin.com. Hey, folks, stick around. We've got uh, lots more fun coming up and lots of tasty stories and drinks to go. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. A Northwest Original, Lars Larson, live weekdays noon to 3, Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey folks, welcome back. It's time for round two and I hope you got something great in your glass. My next guest is, uh, well, she's a California girl. I've got Cheryl Indelicato who is a... part of a long-standing wine family out of California, and she's here in Seattle sharing her brand new wines called Handcraft. Cheryl Indelicato, welcome to Happy Hour. 
Well, thank you so much for having me here today. What a great opportunity to share these wines with the whole Seattle community. Yeah, well, I'm excited. It's always great. My pal BJ, when he calls, I answer. Um, he's got all the good stuff. And uh, I'm pleased to, when I heard the name, um, I'm very well familiar uh, with the Delicato line of wines. Um, let's talk about the family. How did you guys get started in wine? Well, I like to say it all started with my grandfather who left Italy at the age of 19 and sailed his way, came through Ellis Island and worked his way across the United States and landed in Lodi. And that's where it all started because he met my grandma, Caterina, there. And uh, they had four children and my dad was the oldest of the boys. Was she Italian? She was Italian oh, too, oh. yeah, from Naples. And so um, they met and then they um, started a family in a, a little town called Mantica near Lodi. Just to give you perspective, it's about an hour and a half south of Sacramento. And um, it was there that, um, you know, they started a family. Had um, a ranch or something? Or a yep, I was going to say he bought land and he did what his, grand, or his father taught him and that was to grow grapes and make wine. So that's what they did. And then as the boys went off to college, to Cal Berkeley, came back, and then he handed them the keys. And at that time, it wasn't much. <laughs> the hoe? The, yeah, the hoe. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I like to say that Generation 3, which consisted of my father and two uncles, Vince and Anthony, it was that blood, sweat, and tears generation that really um, built the winery with all the hard assets of what we have today to what we're able to reap as Generation 3. And um, so it really a lot of hard work ethic and um, a lot of dedication. And well, like any job these days, it, unless you uh, have an app that goes viral and you, you can do something. But, uh, yeah, it takes a lot of work and perseverance and a vision and a plan and dedication. Um, well, congratulations. Uh, in Lodi, I, I always I always laugh when I hear that name because I'm wondering if there's a town called Loaded when they're making wine, much <laughs> <laughs> to distilleries. Um, do you have an idea which wine bond you were in California? What wine bond? Well, you have to be bonded by the the government to make alcohol, produce alcohol, and so we have you have a wine bond, and you know somewhere like number. Oh, um, I want. Let's oh. see, uh, Buena Vista, uh, Charles Krug. <laughs> Inglenook. So our number is eighty two, two four two. Oh, that's your license number, I think. But maybe it's the bond number too. You know, I think you got eight thousand wineries in California. But um, I digress. Just curious about that because when you think of when Grandpa um, staked the land and uh, the boys came on board, um, you got started. And so the, is headquarters still there? This is where you're growing. Is it a state grown or what? It is a state grown. Um, we also have, I say, corporate offices in Napa because five years ago we also bought a property called Black Stallion on the Silverado Trail. Oh, really? Yeah. I so know that corporate one. offices are up there. And then uh, most of the wine is made there in Manteca. But we also, uh, well, now going on over 20 years, we purchased a vineyard in Monterey called San Bernabe. And we grow grapes there. And that's um, some of the Pinot Grigio grapes that we'll be tasting today come from that property as well. Interesting. I had a um, the uh, marketing uh, manager for the um, uh, county, uh -huh. Monterey County. And he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. And we chatted about all the wine regions and all the fun things to do in Monterey. Um, Black Stallion is a pre premier property in, in Napa Valley. You're doing um, primarily red wines, I imagine, right? Mostly red wines, but uh, we do also have um, that 
wines Chardonnay that sells nationally and around the world as well. <laughs> that Chardonnay, that wine, what's it called again? The Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Um, love it. So Delicato is um, a national brand. I mean, are you actually exported? Do you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 68 different countries around the world. So you're a global brand. We are global. Wow. So it's changed a lot since uh, Grandpa handed over the keys, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, that's sure. great. And did you, um, when did you get involved? Well, I have been working since I've been six years old. I was working on the bottling line. We would get a silver dollar for three hours of work. And um, it was a lot of hard work ethic. I mean, like what we talked about, um, everybody always worked in the business. There's seven of us in Generation 3, and we've all had our hands in the business in some way or another. But we all knew we were going to go away to college, and we all chose different careers. And so my first career is being a registered nurse. Ah. And it was 26 years ago um, that we started to have a, a marketing department, our first marketing department. And then I went back to school and got a marketing degree. Mm. And so it's now been 26 years, I like to say, as an adult. But I'd always wanted to create and craft my own wine brand. And so, um, and I and I didn't want to go to the grave and on my headstone, woulda, coulda, shoulda. So <laughs> um, it was about uh, four years ago. So you're going to make that headstone before you go, right? <laughs> there's not going to be. It's going to be a headstone, maybe, or or maybe an urn. Who knows? But uh, I, that's not going to be on there. So it was about four years ago I started collaborating with uh, Alicia Sias, uh, our director of winemaking, and um, and so that was kind of the auspice of of handcraft was starting to talk with her about, you know, this is what I want to do. We didn't know what the brand was. We didn't know what the varietals were or anything like that. Wow, sixty. Three countries or 68? 68 countries. 68 countries. And so you're producing a heck of a lot of wine. How many wines uh, is the estate producing? Uh, we'll talk about hand, handcraft separately, but um, Delicato is making... Well, we have a, another brand called Noble Vines, and some oh. of those um, varietals are estate-grown. Uh, they're mostly from our Monterey property. And then we also have introduced a new brand called Diora. And Diora is um, from the Santa Lucia Highlands there in Monterey. Nice. And um, also some of it, um, depending upon, because we have different vintages and things like that, but there's also a Pinot Noir from San Bernabe, which is a state grown there. And there's also a red blend uh, under the Dior label as well. I like that Dior label. I've always thought, since my last name is Chan, that I should have a wine called Chanel. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> my middle I, name is Lee. Oh, uh, Chanel, that's it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I don't think they would, though. Um, uh, I was oh, they might to, have something to say uh, about Lancome it. with a K or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, let's get into tasting. You, I've got uh, three red wines in front of me, one white, two reds. Um, this vintage, are these uh, 14s or 15 white? Um, no, on the, the vintage on the Pinot Grigio is a 14. Okay. Um, Appalachian is California because, um, like I said, we grow grapes in Monterey as well as um, Napa. And uh, so, we, you know, we always choose the best. And, of course, with my name on the label, I'm always you know, having that authority to be able to do that. So in the, the uh, Pinot Grigio, there's an Italian bridal in all of them, but in the Pinot Grigio, we grow a, a, an Italian bridal in Monterey called Malvasia Bianca. Oh, yeah. So not more than 3% in each of the wines, and not to take away anything from the varietal characteristic, um, but just as a nod to my Italian heritage, because like we mentioned, there's different brands in the Delicato portfolio. And so when Alicia and I were talking, it was like, well, what's going to make it unique and different? So as a nod to my Italian heritage, that's what we did. So on that Pinot Grigio, I mean, very bright, um, um, 
clean finish, uh, citrus, melon on the notes, um, no oak or anything like that on yeah, that. Yeah, it's clean and um, has a little bit of Lee's contact so I can get a nice um, creamy finish. Good. That's it is just um, just medium, over a little medium plus. Um, alcohol is really balanced. It's uh, When you think about large, and let's talk about the scale of the winemaking because I'm going to say that um, when you have warm weather, and Monterey though is a little cooler, which is important for that acidity. Um, let's see. Let me start over. I'm an event sommelier, and it's easy to pass up wines that are 10 bucks and under, unless it's like cava, right? Right. Because we know that, and a lot of times they are um, been manipulated more than we're going to really appreciate. Um, but I find that this is, right off the bat, uh, yummy. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you find it yummy. I mean, the, the all of the wines are meant to be enjoyed, you know, with or without f- food. They're very fruit-forward. Um and and really wines to be enjoyed um, today. Oh you know, yeah, you don't that's... have to go home and cellar them. If you bought them today, we want you to enjoy them tonight. That's right. That's uh, the screw cap re- revolution. <laughs> it's like, well, hey. and that one isn't a screw cap, but you know, everywhere I go, people. That's not something that you know deters them. In fact, uh, you know, on premise loves it like that. Oh yeah, so I'm gonna say it's easy access. Exactly. Take it on a picnic. No one's saying right? where's my wine key. I got it. No. I got it right here. I got We've two. Got... We've got you covered. You can do it with my toes. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yummy. A price point for uh, the Pinot Grigio is under $10? Under $10. Yep. Yep. You can find them here in your local markets as well. The QFC. At, yep. yep. Um, yummy. Uh, and it's just called Handcraft. Handcraft. And the name that came from some of the most special things that uh, I treasure in life are made by hand. It kind of all kind of started with my son's homemade Christmas ornaments, things I make by hand, winemaking. I love hospitality. Serving you dinner. If you came to Monterey, I'd love to do that. They want me to come to Monterey. And well, I said, well, I've never been. I'm I'm coming down. You need to <laughs> direct flight. Uh, yes, we were talking about that as well. Um, so fun. Speaking with Cheryl and Delicato, who is the uh, the matriarch of handcraft wines and also the marketing what guru, the marketing guru uh, <laughs> for the Delicato family, the Dion. What do they say? Dion. What, what oh, Diora. Diora. Diora and Blackstone. Do you handle all that, or do you have separate entities? We have separate entities. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, we got two more wines to uh, taste and talk about, so stick around, folks. We'll be right back here in Happy Hour Radio. If uh, you want to check out a website, what would it be? Handcraftwines.com. Perfect. So stick around, folks. We'll be right back on 570 KVI. Big names, big news. Sean Hannity, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. Hey, folks, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round three. Hope you got something great in your glass. And uh, if you don't, well, what are you doing? Let's go. Uh, it's Saturday night, having a good time with uh, my new friend and a very lovely lady, uh, Cheryl Indelicato, uh, marketing guru, registered nurse. So uh, we've got the right people here in studio. Uh, and Cheryl, handcraftwines.com, your new label. When did you launch this? We launched Handcraft Wines back in January 2012. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, so, so relatively you... new in the market. Yeah. And um, how many countries are you distributed in? Well, over 68 countries. The same for, for Handcraft, too? 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. No, I mean, um, we have a great international team. Um, if you go to Sweden, you'll actually some of, see some of these wines in boxed format, which oh, yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so. that, you know, I think uh, what's great about this, we're in a wine revolution um, with the the acceptance of screw caps and, and box wine and just actually everyone appreciating wine. And it's the number one beverage in America, right? Right. Next to milk, I guess. <laughs> well, it should be if it's not, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, I'm ready to dive into another glass. So how many wines do you produce with Handcraft? Uh, well, we've got a Chardonnay, a Pinot Grigio, a Pinot Noir, a Malbec, a Petit Syrah, and a Cabernet. All right, so six. Six. Yeah, great great yeah. to have two wines. So you can do a wine dinner. <laughs> I, I can do a wine dinner. Yeah, we can. Awesome. Um, one of the indigenous grapes or seems to be um, popular and uh, storied is Petit Syrah out of California. And you produce a Petit Syrah. Yeah. Um, I, we're not familiar with that grape up here in the Northwest. I don't think... Maybe one or two people. We had small vineyards, but it's still very, very early for us to hang a hat on on that grape. But um, Petit Syrah has been very popular with Con Cannon and Stag's Leap and uh, now Handcraft. Tell me about that grape and this wine. Well, the neat thing about as you're um, smelling it and he's putting it in his glass and swirling, I mean, look at the color in there. I mean, the color, it's full of blackberries, boysenberries, blueberries. Um, it doesn't get any better than that. And I'll say in the entire portfolio, it's the one that really stands out when it comes to color in the glass. Kind of a, a bigger and robust. Um, we grow the grapes at our Lodi property, Clay Station. Um, we've added just a touch of um, some Zinfandel to that. Again, just to soften, yeah, to soften the tannins, add a little smokiness, a little bit of spice to the finish. It grows really well um, in that uh, soil that we have there. It's a little bit of rocky uh, soil that ha has good drainage, uh, makes wonderful berries. I mean, we've had really great success with it. That's um, it's lovely to hear, and uh, we're in Lodi, right? Um, for this wine, we yes. are. Yes. I know that Paso Robles just instituted um, like 11 new uh, American viticultural areas. Is Lodi have one or two or three or what? Um, I would say it probably has under 10. Okay. But um, definitely something on, on this particular varietal that they can actually do their claim to fame is the definitely the red grapes that oh, grow yeah. really well there in the Petit Syrah. Uh, Cabernet. Lodi, well known for Zinfandel. Zinfandel, of course. Uh, another brand in the Delacalle. Delicado portfolio is gnarly head. Is that so you? That's us as well. Yeah. Wow. So that was our stake in the ground, no pun intended. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you said Clay Station, right? Yep. And that's they, the there was a winery too, I thought. Didn't um, they have wine? Clay? We did have a label Clay Station. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably, um, I'm going to say. Seven or eight years ago. At least. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. It, it, um, it sure was. But we've taken some of those wonderful grapes and have instituted them in our Noble Vines as well. That's also another brand under the Delicato portfolio. Wow. Um, they say that it's, is it more difficult, what do they say? Is it more difficult to make two barrels of really, really expressive, complex wine or a million cases of something that's clean and good? Well, I would say that one of the things that kind of sets us apart, um, because we also have that brand that's um, Boda Box, and you have to have consistency. So I think, to me, um, in, in what um, 
makes it unique and different is that you may come out with a wine and launch it, but you can also count on, you know, years down the road, we got you as a consumer. We want to keep you as a consumer going forward. And so I would say that it's it's probably more difficult to make more of the same than it is the two. Yeah, I've always posed that question, um, and uh, I agree because if you're trying to make a lot of wine, you've right. got uh, the same pitfalls that may affect uh, any winemaking process. Um, right. And Lodi, of course, uh, the lucky thing is you're you're picking vineyard areas with which have um, pretty normal, consistent weather patterns. Right. And that's I important. Would say so. And you get great ripeness. Obviously, Lodi is a very warm area. Um, you get that inland heat. And uh, um, but this wine doesn't seem too hot. Uh, it's very well balanced. What's the alcohol here? On this thirteen eight. Oh, I would say it's a little probably higher than that. I'm saying like it's probably about fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, um, but it doesn't taste no. hot, though. I mean, it doesn't burn in the throat, so to speak. I mean, it's just really beautiful mouthfeel. No, I had 126 proof rum oh. <laughs> last week. Oh my goodness! And uh, but they had just the hearts, right? There wasn't any heads or tails. <laughs> um, f- yummy! This is under cork, and uh, this is yeah. line priced. Yes, it is all all under ten dollars. Wow! Now that's a lot yeah. of that's a lot of wine for ten ten bucks. Well, you know, we we say this and we truly mean it. That is anything under our portfolio is um, we we look to over deliver. So if it's really like a ten dollar bottle of wine, we want it to taste like a twelve, and uh, <laughs> what have you. So anyway, uh, I like it. It's like uh, yeah. it goes to eleven. You know, yeah, <laughs> one more. I know that one more makes. Um, well, deliciously balanced, and it's not hot and not overripe. I think a lot of times when you think of Lodi as a, a sommelier, I, I probably um, think about heat, which can obviously be detrimental to ripe flavors and not overripe. But this is well balanced and delicious. Final wine is um, a Malbec, which uh, of course um, has been grown in the uh, Cahors region of France for millennia. And uh, then those cats went down to Argentina along with the Italians to start making uh, Malbec and more. Never know what goes on there, but um, we brought it back to California and taste that one. I mean, again, um, really nice uh, color. Beautiful flavors, um, not a blueberry plum, a little bit of spice on that as well. Um, again, grapes are growing in um, in Lodi for that. And then there's just a dash of Zinfandel in that as well. Alcohol runs around the same thing, around 14. That's interesting, and I, I chuckle because uh, in Washington State, we have um, a very youthful wine culture. And for a while, uh, we had so much Syrah grown in that, for some reason, they didn't know how to sell it or people didn't know why to buy it. There was Syrah and everything in Washington for a little while until that inventory went down. So it made me think of that. But when you have just a splash, it's uh, this is delicious. So this is a very structured Malbec. It's got um, you know nice uh, moderate plus acidity and just moderate tannin. Uh, it, the, the fruit is ripe. Um, it's uh, definitely flavorful. There's a touch of vanilla or toffier um, a sweet note from the oak, I uh-huh. imagine, and uh, yep, French and American. Yeah. So you you picked up so many things. You're really good at what you do. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, I'm really poor at what I don't. <laughs> uh, I love it. So um, you can find these wines at QFC, and again, these are all ten dollars an hour, and that's another yeah. great yeah. buy. And Fred Meyer as well, too. So, um, really awesome wines to be enjoyed tonight. Go out and buy them. Um, I also wanted to just share real quickly yeah. on the label. Um, we launched the label, like I said, or the wines back in um, 2017, 
2012, and and last year we just did a little tweak, and um, something Not near. Not a twerk. And, it was a tweak. It was a tweak. Something uh, near and dear to my heart as um, monies that we have given the Indelicato family for breast cancer research and uh-huh. awareness, and I incorporated the ribbon on the front, um, and also on the back label. Um, we've given over $260,000 to the cause, and I also put feet to pavement. I've walked nearly 300 miles, and this year I'm going to be heading up to New York in October for another... You walking? I'm walking. If you're talking, I'm walking. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. So, That's anyway. great. It's good to have um, you know some philanthropy behind yeah. our labels, which sort of you know provides a little more personality. Right. Um, uh, do you have is the estate open for tours? Can we figure out how to get there and visit or what what's the do you have a hospitality we do, program? Especially like in um in Napa at the Black Stallion, we definitely do all sorts of things. I mean you can have private tastings, you can have private parties, you know, anything like that. All right. Um, how do we find you? To, well, you could do delicato dot com, right. you could do blackstallionwines.com, dot com, handcraftwines dot com. But uh, we're definitely on the internet. You won't have difficulty in finding it. And we'd love to um, entertain you in Napa as well if you make it up that way very often. I'd love to because it's, um, I always wonder why the Metropolitan Grill was pouring Delicato Merlot for so long. And now I know. It's, it's very good. good. It's good. That's right. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, well, congratulations. Uh, pleasure to meet you. Welcome to Seattle. And uh, Cheryl and Delicato, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you. Hey, folks, I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we're going to come back for round four and uh, finish up the show. Had a great night, and uh, I'll chat with you after this break. So stick around. You listen to Happy Hour Radio. A Northwest original. Lars Larson, live weekdays, noon to 3. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, Puget Sound. Welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round four, our final segment. And I'm excited to uh, to tell you about what's going on in my world of wine and spirits and cocktails. Uh, first of all, I am off to Hong Kong for Vin Expo. Vin Expo is an international wine exposition and basically have uh, hundreds of wine regions, uh, all the best wines from around the world. We're talking Champagne and Bordeaux and Burgundy and uh, Brunel de Montalcino and Barolo. Those all sound with bees. Hmm, what else do we got? Um, I'm sure there'll be some beer there, but maybe not. It is Hong Kong, and uh, so my father is from Hong Kong. He came over when he was 17 and uh, uh, lived the American dream, became a doctor, and and uh, provided for his family, and we lived on uh, Velveeta cheese and iceberg lettuce for a long time. But uh, now we're we're eating romaine lettuce, so <laughs> doing a little bit better. Um, but I will get some great interviews uh, in Hong Kong, and so when you come back in June, uh, look for uh, look for these on my website at HappyHourRadio.net. Uh, I'm really excited. I haven't been to Hong Kong in a couple years. Uh, great food, uh, a world of wine, and also a world of counterfeit wine. Um, I remember when I was there last, there was uh, um, Lynch Baj 2010 in this little, little store, uh, which is really a hole in the wall that sold, you know, 
bottled water and, and, and Coca-Cola, but they had on the very back shelf, on the very, very top, right next to, of course, the bright light and all the heat, they had a bottle of Lynch Bosch. And I'm like, there's no way that they get this allocation of Lynch Bosch. And so it's, um, it's quite interesting to see how many counterfeit wines are out and about um, in Asia. And uh, for all we know, there, there might be some here as well. But uh, there are some great... Uh, distributors who make sure that all the wine is um, sound and uh, authentic and uh, one of those is Bordeaux wine locators Andy Lynch is one of uh, is the founder of that the owner um, proprietor of Bordeaux wine locators but you won't have to worry here in Washington so anyway I'm gonna have some great uh, interviews uh, with uh, people from around the world in uh, Hong Kong at an expo hey if you want to get into uh, in touch with uh, really what's happening in the world of spirits, I invite you to check out this magazine called Chilled. It's uh, it's a, a monthly magazine, and I'm on the list, and it's really, really cool. It's pretty much industry. Uh, of course, it's got a lot of advertising from all these great brands, um, but also interesting stories, and uh, also talks about awards, so it's pretty cool. I see that Jägermeister, Jägermeister got a 96 points. Like, <laughs> how in the world? Does it get 96 points? I mean, why not 100 points? It's Jägermeister. Why not 80 points? But uh, quite interesting. So Chilled Magazine's got all these great stories um, and great articles. Um, here's what's happening now. We're talking about Jude Law and Johnny Walker Blue Label Scotch. That makes sense, right? Hollywood actor making a bunch of money and then drinking the 25-year-old Johnny Walker Blue. Um, it's a good life. And then uh, you get to know about a well-known spirit called uh, well, what are they talking about here? June? No, no, it's gin. Of course, a well-known spirit. There's uh, a Scottish gin. Um, gin is one of the uh, great liqueurs, uh, I should say, great spirits from around the world, and um, well-known here in Washington. You got to check out my buddy's gin called Cure Gin, and uh, my other guy, Hendrick's gin, is is amazing because he's got uh, fantastic uh, cucumber rose aromatics in that and then my friend uh cheryl indelicato with handcraft wines um i don't see her in this magazine but i tell you that stuff uh was really tasty um chilled magazine it's a free uh subscription and it comes to your uh <laughs> it comes to your mailbox um also i gotta tell you that uh just last weekend i held a brand new event here in seattle called the seattle international spirits awards and uh taking all my experience with uh the wine version of that the seattle wine awards oregon wine awards and idaho wine awards and i brought together a panel of 12 really really great uh professionals including um kathy casey and andrew friedman and rocky yay and uh shell klaus of uh, sparkling uh, dry sparkling and those results will be out on our facebook page at seattle international spirits awards on facebook um you got to check it out uh we had uh, over 200 uh entries and um we had a great time tasting uh, local, national, and international spirits. So um, check it out. Uh, also, remember, Chilled Magazine. This is your, uh, this is really your, no, your new go-to magazine, and it's about spirits, and it's really pretty cool. Hope you enjoyed tonight's show. I look forward to seeing you every Saturday right here on 570 KVI at 6 p.m. If you ever miss a show, of course, 
check out happyhourradio.net. And if you're on the Twitter sphere, let's do some tweeting. It's at happyhrradio. I look forward to seeing you next weekend, and I look forward to sharing some of the great interviews I find in Hong Kong at Vin Expo 2016. Look forward to seeing you every weekend right here on 570 KVI. And remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers! Cheers!